Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Shelf podcast. My name is Jamie Skinner and in this podcast I invite a guest to bring and discuss five items or symbols which they believe have brought them joy, escape or have generally helped them along in their lives so far. These items then get put on the Mental Health Shelf which is a non-existent shelf but it acts as a nice metaphor I guess for something to look at when the world is getting stressful or a bit much, something to look at for a bit of uplift in that moment in time. These items can be absolutely anything the guest wants. Oven glove, unicycle, rubber band, biscuit tin, although I don't quite think anyone's going to pick all those items together. But still, but still. However, one thing that I am confident on is that there is likely to be a number of creative items brought up in the conversation this month as I talk to illustrator, artist and the person who does the artwork for this very podcast, which I like very much and I'll very likely bring that up during the conversation, Lily Fawcett. I'm sure that during the conversation, and not just because of Lily's work in various different areas, mediums and forms, uh, we'll have a number of creative points crop up throughout. And so, without any more of my waffle, let's just jump straight into it, shall we? Here is the mental health shelf of Lily Fawcett. On this month's edition of The Mental Health Shelf, I'm joined by an artist whose work includes illustrations for multiple children's books, magazines, and the Oxford University Press, alongside multiple murals for colleges and restaurants in and around Bath, and also the artwork for this podcast, the rather smashing artwork, I should say. Lily Fawcett, welcome. Well, thank you so much. That was a lovely introduction. Thank you. <laughs> welcome. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. And yourself, you all good? Yeah, not too bad. Let's talk about the drawing. Let's jump straight in. Has drawing just been something that you've always done for escape or just fun? Has has it just always been something you've done? Yeah, it has really. It's interesting to try and remember a time I've not ever been doing drawing. Um, My parents are both fairly creative, not necessarily in sort of illustration sort of sector my dad does music my mum does sort of crafty things but um yeah our my grandma was very very creative very arty so every time we'd see her we'd just get the pens out get the coloring books out <laughs> keep drawing and um it's interesting I still got folders of drawings from when I was very little and I think it was just something I used to do for fun you know it was, it was sort of like a play thing instead of playing with toys sometimes it was just sit there with a pen and just sketch and things so yeah it's just a nice way to escape drawing lots of characters and now I get to do it for a living which is absolutely amazing <laughs> I love it you say that you're doing it for a living is it also something that you still just do for fun because obviously there are also just doodles and sketches that you seem to have done in your free time on your website yeah there are it's um it's something that I haven't been able to do recently a lot of personal work just because it's been really busy freelance which has been amazing um but yeah so it's more at the moment it's commissions but luckily I really love all the projects that I've been given and it's just a new challenge every time you do something um and you get to just explore lots of different narratives which is amazing so instead of just sort of thinking something random up for me to draw um it's lovely to get a different brief each time and learn new characters and it's just such an exciting experience receiving a brief and just going with what the author wants and yeah I just love it <laughs> what, what's it been like like trying to diversify I guess from what might be your usual style if, if you think you have one yeah it's um it's an interesting thing that like, in terms of getting style for 
sort of illustration. I, I did um, illustration as a degree and I think everyone on the course was spending the whole three years like panicking, like, oh gosh, I need to get a style. I need to be unique. I need to have this own sort of visual language that no one else has. Um, and I think it's just something that naturally clicks over time. Um, and I think I'm, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm there, but it's constantly adapting and changing. I think you get you get too bored if you do the same thing over and over again. Um, so I think keeping it fresh and mixing it up is really good. But yeah, I think sometimes in different projects and different briefs, different people want certain things. They might want something a bit more bold and graphic or they might want something a bit more painterly and, and decorative. So I think that just makes it even more exciting and just sort of listening to what people like and what people want and adapting and being quite versatile. It's just a really good thing. <laughs> Is it safe to say you kind of enjoy the challenge of it then? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think just getting a new project is so exciting. The first time you open a brief, just seeing um, like a, if you've got a story, if you're doing a children's book, just reading into that, learning the characters and um, sort of doing the initial sketches is like the main exciting bit. And then, and then you get to sort of doing the rough, so you draw out the, the scenes um, and then when you go on to doing the final artworks, that bit is great. Um, that's really fun. You're adding all the colour. But for me, the main exciting thing is just like digesting a story and running through the characters, running through the setting and just creating those initial like really rough sketches. They don't have to look good at all, but it's just letting your imagination just run wild. So, yeah, the challenge is always fun um, and just keeps it all different. And every project's so varied. So it's just really exciting to do. You say there about the using imagination, every project's different. Is there such a thing for you, at least, as creative block, as illustrator's block? Is there anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Quite a lot of the time, unfortunately. Um, I think it's one of those things that even if it's your passion, um, it could be whatever, it could be playing sports, it could be playing music. I think you're always going to get to a point where you get burnt out and you've You've done something so many times that you end up at the end of the day just thinking oh my brain just can't can't do anymore um so i i tend to do sort of digital drawings a lot um it's my main my main thing now um and i think you know you can get to a block where you're like i can't stare at a screen anymore or you know something like that or sometimes you're just not feeling inspired on the day but i think that's okay and i've come to terms with that and some days are just a bit of a write-off unfortunately but most of the time i think just taking even like half an hour break go for a walk come back and just re like reset recharge or try something different just mixing it up um being not too safe and not too kind of secure to keep doing the same thing over and over again in terms of your style just try something new when you're feeling a bit of a block or just go back to the basics just draw what you love and then and then hopefully you'll get over that sort of mental barrier <laughs> it, is that easy for you to do to admit that you need to take a break um no it's quite hard I'm a bit of a workaholic unfortunately <laughs> so um I do sort of I work full-time and I also do my freelance so I tend to work most hours of, of the day, of the week, all the time. And it's something that I am working on. So I do need to learn how to take breaks. So I think even sometimes when you have that creative block, I'm always like, oh, no, but, you know, there's something wrong with me. I just need to push past it. But at the end of the day, I think you'd produce your best work when you're feeling in the right mindset and relax. So that's something I've definitely started to try and learn and get those habits sort of set in really. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's quite a tricky thing sometimes knowing when to stop, but um, 
yeah it's because I love it so that's the main thing I just absolutely love it is there anything in particular you've done to kind of give yourself a marker of when you need to take a break at all um oh that's an interesting question it's usually people around me telling me to <laughs> telling me to slow down um I think I'm I'm very bad at saying no to things because I it is what I'm passionate about and I just I love doing things differently every day, you know, doing a different project. And I like working on multiple things at the same time. I think that keeps it even more exciting when you can kind of move from one thing to the other. So I tend to sort of juggle quite a few things at the same time, but I don't know, started to listen to just when my mind's like slowing down, when you feel like you're not being productive, then it's time to just sort of say, right, that's it call it a day there or come back a bit later and you know take those mental health breaks which are very important so yeah even when you're passionate about something you still need a break from it sometimes <laughs> uh before we move on to the items that are on your shelf what's it been like for you since leaving university to gradually have these commissions because obviously you've had stuff as we mentioned for kind of children's books illustrations for those to these big murals on college walls what's it been like to get these come through I, I would presume more and more over the years it's an interesting thing really so i um the end of my third year of university was just when covid hit so we had sort of big trips planned to meet publishers and that was sort of the end goal of our university course and unfortunately covid happened and we didn't get to do all those things um and for quite a long time after that um during covid publishing kind of shut down quite a lot um so it was the most sort of scary thing coming from university sort of a very safe environment where you you get a student loan for example and you you don't have to sort of pay your way in the world at that time um and you're sort of in this bubble of university which is absolutely amazing but to come into the world where you you've been studying for three years to get this sort of freelance life that you want to set up it was quite a scary thing anyway but then to sort of be like mass emailing publishers all the time and agencies and just to get the same response like we're we don't we can't afford to hire anyone at the moment it was very sort of very soul destroying at the time and um I think in a way it was it was quite good because it allowed me to sort of work on more personal projects and develop my portfolio even more so I had sort of about six seven months of just really carrying on working on my portfolio rather than doing commissions um and then I remember getting my first sort of email through of doing a children's book and I was just absolutely ecstatic like I was just over the moon because it's something that I dreamt about for so long um and getting that first email was just so exciting and even now every commission I get I'm just so grateful for so excited um and yeah it definitely has built up more and more the more you do stuff the more contacts you make the more word goes around um and the more that you can post on your website and your social media the better really um so yeah it's just kind of snowballed a bit which is really lovely and I'm just yeah just grateful of every project I get and I just I love it so now I feel like I'm achieving what I set out to do which is really exciting <laughs> yeah it's really good when you get those commissions come in each time because I remember sending off my first kind of big interview request for the radio show and getting back a couple of minutes later an email saying yeah I'm happy to do this and just literally punching the air with both fists shouting yes and in a way each time I get a response like someone saying yeah I'll happily yeah, come along and for an interview that it's kind of the same feeling in a way is that the same for you each time someone commissions you for something 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it's um, it's the same whatever kind of passion you've got, really. And whenever you reach out to someone, you get a positive response. It's just, it's the most amazing thing. And it, I suppose it's also a bit of, um, you know, it's kind of a bit of modesty as well. You don't always know if people are going to po- like positively receive your work. And not everybody does. You, I, you know, like most people, I get emails back saying it's not for us. And and that can always be a bit disheartening. But when you get those positive responses, it's always just such a such a joy and like a rush. You just feel like, oh, my goodness, that's so exciting. And um, just to feel that people like your work. And the main thing is like getting to see things in print. And then when you receive the book that you've worked on and um, it's just like a childhood dream. <laughs> it's just so exciting to see something in print, even though you've seen it on your screen or whatever, but just receiving the book is amazing. But yeah, I know exactly what you mean when you receive an email and you're like, yay, things are happening. It's just really exciting. And you can see that this journey that you're going on is headed somewhere. And that's just the best feeling. So good. <laughs> when you hold these kind of books and the copies with your illustrations, the, all the way through them, it, it, what goes through your mind in those moments? it's it's really interesting I sort of yeah it's just the like the euphoria of seeing it and you can't always believe that it's actually your work so when you see it printed it just looks so much better than it does you know when you hand it in it's just an image without any text and then when you see the text layered on you see it in a printed format all the pages next to each other all the illustrations combined it's just so exciting and I think um like when you can see it on websites and things that's just the the most amazing feeling it's a bit weird when you sort of when you see your name on something you're like oh that's me and you kind of disassociate yourself with it but um yeah you can pick it up you're like oh my goodness I did that and all the hard work's just paid off and I think I think sort of coming from university and thinking I really want this to happen but I don't think it will I don't know if it will there are you know it is a really crowded market so any you know anything I can do I'm so grateful to get um but yeah it's just the best feeling you feel like all the hard work and all the hours and everything you put in and all the practice just is starting to pay off which is lovely one final question before we go on to your shelf your website says I love creating bold illustrations with bright colors and textures and looking through your work and the kind of trend seems to be bright upbeat very positive work is that intentional I think so it's a it's a bit odd. It sort of reflects my mood at the time a lot of the time, but I've I've been a lot more positive recently. So I've sort of tended to use really bright colours. Um, I think also when you're doing children's um children's books, it will always usually be very vibrant. Um I have recently worked on a book which is about grief for children. So that's a lot more sort of muted colours, lots of blues and greens. So I think the colour choices really reflect your audience but also the meaning as well so there's something I've been learning is sort of choosing my colours particularly to sort of create the mood and everything like that but I do I just love using lots of colour I usually wear a lot of pattern today I'm not really I'm wearing dark clothes so it's not really showing off what I usually like I just love pattern and bright colours and I think you know if you're going to be drawing something for a few hours you want to sort of you want to love it you want to you want to feel amazing when you're drawing it and it kind of it enhances your mood drawing and painting and to to do these beautiful colors it just makes you really excited as well when you're doing them so yeah it's a mood lifter as well I think. Speaking of the things that you love and that enhance your mood let's move on to your mental health shelf is there anything drawing related on there? 
There is, so it's probably best to start with that one. <laughs> so I was, um, my first item would be some paint, um, in particular gouache paint, um, which is sort of in between acrylic and watercolour, it's very versatile, but when I left university, um, so during lockdown and everything, just wanted to try something different. So I bought myself this beautiful set of paints and they were shipped all the way from, I think it was from China. So it was it was a long wait for these paints because they were a very specific type I wanted. Um, and I think it took a month to get here, but the whole time I was just like, I'm so excited to receive these, which I know sounds so sad, but when you're in lockdown, you've not got a lot to look forward to. So receiving these paints is like the best thing ever. Um, and yeah, it came with about 30 different, very vibrant, colours um, and that's what I spent a lot of lockdown doing was painting um, and it's something that now I don't necessarily do as much of I find that digital has sort of taken over um, a lot of briefs just because they're a fast turnaround you sort of if you're going to do a painting and then someone wants to change it's just a ridiculous amount of work to just repaint everything so I try and save myself time where I can um but yeah so I would choose paint as one of my first um first items because I think if you're having a bit of a down day and you just want to escape just making a mess is so <laughs> sort of relieving um I'm quite an uptight person I think I'm sort of someone who's a bit of a clean freak a bit sort of particular about where everything goes everything has to have a place everything has to have a home but sometimes just making an absolute mess is just it's just brilliant I don't know it's just you know get a piece of paper splash a load of paint on it and then like do something with it do some collage like cut it up and things like that or just take your paints out somewhere go and sit in a field and just paint what you see um so yeah I think I think going back to traditional media and it sort of puts you in touch with what people have done for hundreds and hundreds of years of doing something so simple and I know it's moved on so much now to I sit there with an iPad and I that's how I <laughs> that's how I draw but um thinking of all these people who've done painting and just you know sat there in a in a room with a paintbrush and just created something from their imagination it's really exciting so yeah just some, just a you know paint set would be lovely <laughs> there seems to be when it comes to escape or some you know fi finding some form of calmness uh, with painting seems to be two sides and you captured both of them there there's the one very calm measured uh, kind of brushstroke bob ross style painting and then there's <laughs> we're going to get a can and a brush and we're going to lob as many splatters onto this thing as possible Let's start with the calm one. And is it something mm -hmm. that seems because this is coming from someone who doesn't have a you know a huge thing of artwork or anything like that? Is it mm -hmm. something about painting that compared to when you might be using you know pens or pencils or digital that is smoother, is just slower and more calming? Is it something about that? Yeah, I think so. I think. Um... I mean, when I was at sort of school and college, I used to do a lot of oil painting, actually, which um, is extremely slow, such a very long process. And it takes like three weeks to dry properly or something like that. So you've got a very long time to work on it. Um, and also, I used to just love the smell of oil paint. So it was it was very bad. It was very fumy, but it was, it was a nice day when you could sit there and paint for a few hours. But yeah, I think doing the slow sort of painting is definitely different to sketching. I think sketching is a much quicker process. I think um, in particular with like gouache paints, which is what I would what I would choose as my number one paint. Um, it's 
it dries insanely quickly. So it's sort of more of a layering technique. Um, so you sort of lay one layer of color down and then keep working on top of it with different different details and different um, different tones. So I think I think yeah, I think it's definitely much of a slower process. And then when you've got a pen, obviously it's permanent, so you can't can't do much about it once it's down, which is quite a scary thing. But also sometimes you know sometimes that's when you do your best stuff if it's more rushed and not perfect. Nothing has to like necessarily be perfect because it it's impossible to do a perfect drawing or a perfect painting there's always going to be something wrong with it in my eyes like it, you know everyone can be critical but yeah I think doing something slowly is really you know it's just really worth it sometimes just slowing down the pace of life and just focusing on something very relaxing and therapeutic it's yeah I think that's what a lot of people choose for sort of when they've got you know if they're not feeling great it's just slow down the pace of life and just get distracted by something for a few hours is it can do you a lot of good really because it takes more time does that perhaps mean that you form a greater connection with the artwork that you're making is is that a thing yeah definitely I think so I think um I think when you put more and more effort into it and more time um it just sort of I don't know, you can see all the time and effort and energy that you put into something and you see the final result and you're always usually, hopefully, <laughs> fairly happy with it, even if it's not, as I say, it's not perfect, but it's, it's something that you've enjoyed doing for a few hours and it's taking your mind to another place and it's from your imagination and that's that's also really rewarding. It's like, oh, well, I just, I just thought that up. That's really nice. <laughs> it's nice to see what you can create. So, yeah, I think... I think it is more rewarding doing the painting. Um, I love my iPad and I love using my iPad, but I associate that with work. I don't associate it necessarily with sort of a bit of downtime and a bit of a, a bit of a break. Um, I think that's just how I work. Really, it's always digital. So, um, personal work, it's nice to just mix it up a bit and have a bit of a bit of a release with some paint. <laughs> Does it also help to just divide things up so this is work, this is you know leisure, effectively? Mm, I think so yeah I think um I think I although I enjoy like all of the projects I work on it's definitely um it's for a purpose it's for a client so it's making sure that they're happy it's doing all the business aspects that it involves and um, you know sort of being on top of emails and that kind of thing it's all that sort of stuff that goes along with it um, and then doing personal work I think I think with personal work it's more freeing sometimes because you can sort of think right what would I like to draw today what would what would make me happy but I, I learned the most from doing my projects and doing my briefs and commissions and that's that's the most rewarding thing and it also has guided my personal work as well I think um sort of doing these commissions I've still developed like more and more my visual style and that's been really rewarding and um yeah it's sort of fed into my personal work even more so the more practice you can get in the more sort of I think they're starting to overlap you know I, I yeah I just love any drawing that I can do so whatever it's for I'm happy <laughs> let's move on to your second item shall we uh what else is on your mm -hmm. shelf Okay, now I, I know this is a metaphorical shelf, although I don't know how this would stay there. So um, I would I would like to have a cat. Okay. I, I know that's I know that's a bit of an obscure one, but I just think um I've always grown up with ham cats and I just I think there's something so relaxing. And I know everyone has their, you know, dog or cat person and having a pet is just it's just a really calming thing. Um so I currently live with my sister and she's got a cat. Um and she 
it's a bit of a pain, but there are times when she is really sweet. I mean, like last night, she came up at about 3am and started scratching and biting me for no reason. She just wanted some attention. Um, five minutes later, though, she sort of lay down right next to me and just fell asleep for the rest of the night, which was lovely. And we both woke up at the same time this morning and it was just really sweet. But um, I think, although they can be a pain, I think just having a cat is just really special. And I've always felt that going to an animal, it, to be honest, most animals I feel the same way about, um, but just going and seeing an animal when you feel a little bit a little bit down or off is just really, really lovely. And they're so fluffy. So it's, it's just nice to cuddle with. But um, I mean, I did read somewhere that with cats, they sort of have this connection with their owner so much that if they can sense that their owner is a bit is a bit down, they'll come in that, you know, when cats lie on your chest, um, it's because they they're purring they believe sort of kind of the vibrations can help to heal someone which is really sweet so they're sort of passing on these purring sounds and the vibrations which they believe will like heal their own and they can tell they're down so I just think that's really sweet that animals can kind of really connect with humans and yeah I think it's the same way the other you know other way around you can sort of really connect with an animal and yeah so I think when you're having a bit of an off day seeing an animal in particular for me a cat it's just um it's just really lovely yeah it's a nice nice way of sort of turning things around is it a particular kind of cat oh just a very very fluffy one we um so my sister's cat midge is a very fluffy black cat um to the point where i've never seen a fluffier cat in my life she's <laughs> just got ridiculously long hair almost like a lion um we have to actually keep cutting bits out because she just gets massive knots of like, little dreadlocks around her because she's just so hairy but um, just a very fluffy soft cat just one that's very affectionate um i don't think my sister's cat is affectionate enough for what i'm looking for in this she's um a bit of a nightmare sometimes but yeah just yeah a very soft fluffy affectionate cat would be lovely have you did you grow up around cats at all yeah i did i had um we had two cats that were sisters at the same time so that was very nice and one of them was also sort of very outdoorsy very sort of hungry didn't really didn't really stick around much and the other was the absolute opposite she um loved attention loved fast and yeah I think that's where I got my love of cats from was from her so yeah I think I just I just find that it's not as homely without a pet I don't know I know people you know obviously lots of people don't have pets lots of people are dog people and yeah I like dogs too but any 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 pet that can sort of that you can connect with I think it's just a nice nice thing to to go to when you're when you're having a bit of an off day it isn't one of those things of a way to, you know, not talk to someone, but something, at least another living thing, uh, you know, maybe voice your stresses to it or something, even if it might not fully respond. But you said about the, you know, lying on your chest and purring. Is it something to do with that? Yeah, I think so. I think it's um, I think it's the comfort aspect. Um, I know a lot of people talk to their cats and their pets, which I have to confess, sometimes I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's sort of, having yeah it's having that company there you know if, if you're on your own and you're feeling a bit a bit low or whatever sort of having that extra bit of company you've got you've got someone in the house basically it's just another living being and I think yeah I think animals are very sensitive more than we give them sort of credit for I think there's a lot more that they can relate to and a lot more emotions that they can sense and I think I think that's really nice that you've got um an animal that can kind of connect to you i think that's really lovely so i'm working on it with my sister's 
sister's cat we're getting there we're forming a bit more of a bond now <laughs> it's been a long process but we're, we're which is nice are you someone who's comfortable in their own company oh that's an interesting question um i think i'm sort of a very odd mix of introvert and extrovert i I do like my own time and my own space, but then when I have it, I feel like I should be out doing things. So I sort of, I don't know, it's a bit of a mix, but yeah, I, I find, I think through sort of doing my hobbies and doing like drawing and stuff like that, music, I find, yeah, I'm, qu- I'm quite good at entertaining myself really. Um, it's rare that I'm sort of on my own and not doing anything. If I'm on my own, I'm usually drawing or doing something, something else. So yeah, I think... But yeah, I think sort of that weird mixture, but having a pet around is quite nice. <laughs> Let's move on then. Uh, so we've got paint, we've got a cat. What else is appearing on your shelf? Mm. So um, I don't know how, how this would work, but I'd like a bit of the Cornish Sea. So I don't know if this would be in like a jar or I, I, whether it'd be a shell. <laughs> it can probably be put in a jar, yeah. Um, yeah, something a bit of a Cornish sea in a jar, maybe with some shells um, and a bit of sand. That would be quite nice. Um, yeah, so I studied um, in Falmouth in Cornwall. And yeah, I think I just found there's something very relaxing, very healing about being near water. Um, and yeah, if if I just, you know, sort of was caught up in my own head, I'd just go for a really long walk. And then I'd, at the end of the walk, end up at the sea and just put my feet in. And even though it'd be absolutely freaking cold, there was just something so worth it by the time you'd got there. Um, and just really refreshing. I think just listening to the sea as well, listening to the sea sounds and the waves. And yeah, it's just a very therapeutic thing. Um, but yeah, the Cornish Sea is just beautiful as well. It's, yeah, it's really nice to swim in, <laughs> which is good. But also it's got this beautiful sort of turquoisey colour, which... I absolutely loved and there was something special about Falmouth I felt like it was just a very vibrant colour of the sea that you sort of always will remember and um, yeah it kind of felt it was home for three years and every time I've been back it's just you know you still feel like you're going home which is really lovely so yeah a bit of the sea if I could have it in a bottle a bit of sand at the bottom and some shells that would be perfect. (laughs) When you were at university, and even if it is still the case now, was it a place where you kind of went to leave your stresses in a way? Yeah, I think so. I think university was, it's a very odd time of your life. It's sort of just being in an absolute bubble that I don't think is possible to really recreate once you've left. I think, yeah, I, I kind of look on back on that time in, a, in an interesting way. It was it was good fun. And I think I did escape from a lot of sort of stresses. It was a very fun time. And I mean, I got to do what I loved. I got to do illustration every day for three years, which was just amazing. So, um, yeah, it was a really it was a really good experience. But I think the setting really made it as well. I was someone who didn't know if I could go to a big city. Sort of, I've been brought up in a little village, and it was just sort of the thought of going to somewhere like London or um, just another big city like Birmingham or anything. I was just sort of not quite sure if I would fit in with that sort of lifestyle. So, um, for me, being in Cornwall was a very—I think it's a very different place to go to university. It was a seaside town I was in, which was very small and very quiet and very sort of very quaint lots of 
lots of pubs and live music and it was sort of a very different atmosphere from a lot of the experience my friends had at university and in other places so I think yeah being in Cornwall is just really lovely and it's, I think it's somewhere I'd I'd love to live in the future just sort of go back and be by the sea yeah it's definitely I love where I live now but I think if the sea was closer it'd be even more perfect <laughs> so, yeah all your items kind of so far have links to things that bring you calmness in a way. Has just an, the idea of calm been something that's been easy for you to find throughout your life so far? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think I've, yeah, I think you're right. I've sort of associated certain things with calm and that's definitely, I definitely know what I need to relax. I definitely know what kind of things I can sort of do and look at to sort of make myself feel calm um but yeah as I was sort of saying earlier I tend to sort of um work a lot so I think having those outreaches that you can go to is is really nice and yeah so I think I've identified in my life like there are a few main things that I can find to sort of relieve stress and sort of um break out cycles and I think the main thing for me is switching off I think that's that's the thing with these these um things I've chosen they're a way of me just sort of shutting down my brain which is always usually very hyperactive and thinking of a hundred things at once and um yeah having those moments where you can just sort of focus on one thing and sort of have that mindfulness aspect I guess of just sort of breathing focus on one thing try not to let your brain just overwhelm itself (laughs) Yeah, so I think I've I think I've I've chosen things that all sort of give me a bit of escapism, which is nice. This seems to be something for a lot of people if they say they love going to the beach, particularly to calm down. There seems to be a shared thing of a kind of sensory element between your items so far, and particularly the beach. There seems to be a lot of sensory elements that may bring people calmness. Yeah, I think so. I think it's it's all sort of things about the the sea. You've got the smell of it, which is just absolutely lovely and then you've got the sound which is you know sometimes they listen to sort of sea sounds to go to sleep and I know a lot of people do it's just a very repetitive um motion I guess and it can be quite it can be quite nice to sort of hear nature sounds it's quite I find it quite relaxing so um yeah and I think you've got all the sort of senses there and you've got the coldness of the water which although it's absolutely freezing down in Cornwall for the sea um it's there's something really nice I know a lot of people do loads of like cold water swimming and cold showers and all this sort of thing and actually I yeah really I'd like to get into that more I think it's definitely a rewarding rewarding thing um I had a friend who recently did a um sort of a lake swim um at like eight o'clock at night or something like the other week in, in the local area and um yeah they said it was absolutely freezing but the the euphoria of coming out and they said they didn't sleep all night because um of the adrenaline um and they just they just couldn't sleep because there was so much sort of energy in their body and they're just like this has just been the best experience so yeah I think cold water can just have a, a massive effect yeah lots of different senses I think being being with nature is all about having those different sensations and different thoughts and different you know aspects that you can pick up on and I think yeah I think being around nature is just really lovely. One more question before we move on and and particularly about the fact that it is a Falmouth beach or a Cornish beach because you were at university at the time is it partly because you have that personal connection because those are you know very kind of formative defining years university years if people go to university. I think it's just sort of, for me, it's Cornwall in general. I think so. I've 
been been back a few times and just sort of travelled around different areas of Cornwall and there's something very special about it I think um, a lot of the time people feel like you've always got to go abroad for a holiday and I just I think there are so many beautiful places in the UK that we're really lucky with um, but yeah I think I do definitely hold like a special connection to Cornwall just because of my time at university there I think it's it's something that I will hold on to it's just it was a special experience I wish I'd made more of being in that location but um yeah sort of reminiscing of summers when you when you finish and you have those ridiculously long summers from like May to September or something um, and you could just sort of go and roam the Cornish Cornish seascape and that was really lovely so yeah I think we were, we we're very blessed to have lots of beautiful beaches in the UK and yeah something very special about them Shall we go on to uh, your penultimate item? Yes, absolutely. So, um, yeah, so I found I found it quite interesting to choose, choose these, and I had quite a lot of options <laughs> that I was sort of running through. But for this one, um, I would choose the first Harry Potter book. Um, and it's not necessarily because it's like my favourite book or anything, but I think it's so comforting. And I think it's just one of those things that, um, you can just curl up with a good book but when it's familiar and you know it so well that like inside and out it's just really nice to just reread something over and over again um, and I think yeah I think it's just quite it's just quite nice to read something that you've already read sometimes I know it's nice to try new things as well but um, at the same time when you're familiar with something it's very it is very comforting and I think the first one especially for me was just because it's um, sort of setting the story, get to know the characters all over again. And yeah, it's not necessarily just my favourite book. It's just something that um, if I want to get back into reading, I'll tend to sort of start with this and, and then I'll get on to more interesting, you know, like more varied books. But yeah, I think this is um, a good sort of com- comforting thing for me. Is it something about mm. the fantastical world of it as well that helps? Mm, yeah absolutely um, I mean I kind of got into it sort of later than other, like all my friends did so I was sort of in my teenage years I think when I when I got into it even though it was see out from from a lot young when I was a lot younger but um yeah I think it was interesting for me because I was sort of reading it at the same time as I was in secondary school so I sort of felt a closer connection to the characters when I first read it and I was sort of like oh well I'm sort of in similar school years to them and um I think yeah I think the fantasy aspect is just really nice and um just sort of yeah again that escapism of like oh this is another world and for me I just I love narratives and so like imagining all of these things and yeah, and obviously the films are amazing as well, so that, that always helps. But yeah, I think just that fantasy world. Have, have you got one of those copies? Is it one where you've taken really good care of it, or is it also slightly worn out because of the amount of times you've read it? Well, I'm. It's interesting because I'm. Yeah, I'm a bit particular about certain things, and I'm. I'm quite neat. So these books I got for one of my Christmas presents one year, and it's it's always been the best Christmas present I've ever got. I just absolutely loved it. So it came in this beautiful box set, um, and yeah, all of the books in this in this box with a beautiful cover illustrations. Absolutely love them. So these books are actually like my most precious books. I do have others which are very worn and torn, and you know, like pages have been bent or they've been in my bag and they've got a bit bit ruined and dusty and everything but these books I'm very precious over so um even my family I'm like if you read them you're not allowed to bend the pages you're not allowed to <laughs> my mum has this habit of like folding the book you know when people fold it backwards and then you get the mark down the spine mm. <laughs> and that just drives me mad so yeah these books are very well kept very special 
Um, but yeah, no, so I'm very particular about who I learn. Yeah, <laughs> they are really nice, well kept. You say that you kind of turned to Harry Potter. Um, if, if you're looking to get back into reading, if you've drifted away from it a bit, is that also, does it help to open the doors to other genres? Do you tend to read a lot of fantasy or anything like that? Hmm, I think, yeah, I think sometimes I sort of, I don't do reading as much as I should do. Um, and it, it is something that is very, very therapeutic. You can just sort of go to bed with a good book instead of watching TV, which is what I tend to do, which is a bad habit. I sort of, get into until very late at night and when I should be should be turning off and going to sleep but um yeah so if I haven't read for a while I will start with Harry Potter because I think you know I know I'm going to enjoy it I know I'm going to love it so why would I start with something that I'm not quite sure and that's my mindset so um yeah and then it yeah I think from there I just tend to be a bit more adventurous I, I do like reading a lot of different sort of things I I love reading sort of children's books I know it's I know it's so silly, but because I do drawings for it, I just I love seeing pictures. But I do tend to be, I know you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but because it's what I I love doing, I will go into Waterstones and I'll pick the prettiest cover because I'm like, well, that's just beautiful. I need to I need to keep that. I need to see this illustration and let it inspire me. Um but yeah, I do read a range of a range of things really. Just just whatever takes my fancy. But the classics usually are you know, because I like to, you know, you hear all these well-known stories and then it's like references all the time. You're like, well, I need to need to know what that one's about. So I'll tend to read those. Yeah, mostly classics, but I'm happy to read anything really. When you kind of find yourself looking, because I mean, I've talked to some people and they say that they'll go and buy a second or third edition of a book just because they love the cover so much. What is it about the cover that sometimes attracts you? Or is it just the fact that you think that looks great from the cover? Yeah, I think so. I think it's, for me, it's the design aspect. And I'm like, that's going to look really pretty on the bookshelf in my room or something. Mm. But um, yeah, I think, I think if they've designed it nicely, and they've designed it well, then I'm like, this has probably got a good story inside. And I love it when you can just sort of tell what it's about from the cover. But I think, um, I think it definitely is, you know, people say don't judge a book by its cover, but it is, it is true. If you see, if I see a pretty one, I'm like, I want to keep that. That just looks really nice. And, and that's where I tend to sort of find most of my inspiration as well, is I, I do often just go into a bookshop and just walk around and like, just see what the trends are in terms of illustration styles and how, how they're designed and the composition and things. So for me, it's much more of a design thing. And I'm like, that looks really nice. And I want to, I want to keep that in my room. <laughs> I think it just really inspired me to see to see what what's out there, and it's what is my favorite one of my favorite things to design. If I get a book cover commission, it's just so exciting. Um, so yeah, I just I think because it it does just form that first impression, but it's also got the responsibility of sort of you know giving away a little bit of what's inside, but not too much. So I think that's quite exciting as well because you sort of get a hint of of the themes inside and. Um, you know there's a bit of like psychology about what colours you should use in publishing and, and that's sort of something that we we were taught at uni and from publishers as well it's like avoid this colour don't use this colour because psychologically readers aren't connected to it and um, like for example yellow apparently is the most um, successful colour to put on a book cover so which is really interesting um, but yeah just little decisions like that I just find inspiring on how like it can make a difference of which book you purchase when you go to a shop I think that's quite it's quite clever, quite mm. interesting. Let's go to your final item. Uh, what is it? 
Okay, so for this one, um, this was my hardest one, choosing the last one. But um, I just went with some trainers um, to do running. So um, during lockdown as well, I started doing the Couch to 5K app, <laughs> which um, which I, I really enjoyed. And I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I go running a lot now because I don't. And I actually know that would be awful, but I'm like, yeah, I'm still always running when I go like maybe once every two weeks. So um, it's something I don't always sort of have time for, but every time I do, I really love it. And I think for me, that was the first time I properly connected with sort of sport in a way that I, I never was sporty growing up really at all um, and I used to feel really awkward doing sports um, you know when you used to PE at school I never really fitted in with that um, so when it came to lockdown I was like right well I've got half an hour each day that I'm allowed to go outside so um, I'm gonna go running and um, yeah the I did find the app really really good I feel like I'm doing an advert for it now which I'm not obviously but um, it was just um, yeah it was just a really good way of like motivating you and I think you know I sort of ended up going out every single day just to go running um, and I was very lucky where I was in lockdown I was at my dad's house and they live just like surrounded by countryside so my running route was always so beautiful and I just got to see loads of different beautiful views and for me it wasn't about like you know sprinting and running non-stop I'd sort of I'd know when the good views were coming up and I'd stay down and just you know take a moment to look at the hills and that was really lovely but I think yeah I think exercise is you know for a lot of people it's something that they are really passionate about and for me it's not necessarily about keeping fit it's more just about sort of enjoyment I just really enjoy sort of plugging some music in and switching off for a bit so yeah, so I think I, I would take some trainers and um, you know, multifunctional as well can give some nice walks too. So <laughs> best of both worlds. But yeah, I think there's something really nice about just going for a good run. What what sort of music is it when you're running? Um, I tend to sort of listen to sort of like 80s classics. <laughs> I don't know why. I think I mean, it's just like having something really upbeat. And um, I know there are loads of like running playlists out there. That sort of like, they're all very sort of, heavy music that it's not necessarily my taste so I'm like I'll listen to something I enjoy and something that just makes me feel like I just want to dance but instead I'll just put that energy into running so um, yeah I think 80s classics is a good one if you're stuck with some running tunes that's what I'd go for it's it's the cheesy kind of motor it's the stuff from the Rocky soundtracks the motivational montage music (laughs) yeah exactly it's just like whatever motivates you I think you know, a lot of my taste in music is quite sort of folky and quite like calm. And that's not the kind of thing that you need to be listening to when you're running. So get those like big hits on, just <laughs> yeah, just let, let all your energy out. But yeah, definitely. The motivational songs are great. Really good to run to. As a whole, it's another kind of very sensory visual point of escape, isn't it? Mm, absolutely. I think, yeah, I think just being outside um because quite a lot of what I do, sort of my day job and also illustration is very sort of um, very sort of solitary inside sort of thing. And for me, growing up in the countryside, I just I love being outside all the time. I love going for walks and just getting some fresh air. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't mind running in rain or whatever the weather. I just, yeah, just like to be out. And the more views that you can see, the better. But if, you know, even if it's on a treadmill, I don't mind as much. <laughs> it's not it's not the best. It's not a scenic. But um, at the same time, it's just, I don't know, I think it's its also very rewarding when you've when you've done it. You just, you do feel really good. And even on the days when you, 
you know you're you're not going to do your best or you just don't really feel like it if you if you've made yourself go and do something that you know is actually good for you both physically and mentally um it is a very rewarding thing at the end of it once you've was completed it and at the end of the evening you're like oh that's rewarding that's great I've done I've done a good job today I've actually achieved something so yeah it's a very rewarding thing is that one of the things that motivates you to go out and run the fact that you will have that reward at the end of it yeah I think so I think um I think just because I know that I feel I always feel better for doing it like there's never an occasion where I've gone and I've been like I feel awful why did I do that to myself <laughs> I mean like when you're doing it I'm not necessarily always feeling great I'm feeling out of breath and feeling disgusting and <laughs> but once you've um, once you've done it you, you do tend to feel like you've done a good job and um, I mean there are some days when I might go and I'll do like 10 minutes and I'll be like right that's it I'm calling it a day there but um at least you made the effort to go I guess that's the the main thing is sort of mind over matter and just put put some effort into it because yeah for me it's mostly about making myself feel feel good like mentally and getting that outside break and everything in general would you say that you find it easy to motivate yourself yeah I think so I think I'm a very sort of yeah very motivated person I like to always be busy I like to be doing something I do find it hard to sit still um I don't know why I just you know even if I'm watching tv I have to be doing something whether it's drawing or like crochet or something I just got to always be doing something so yeah I think I like to I like to see that I can achieve things and like push myself I think I think that's mainly just keep pushing yourself and you know find new challenges and do stuff that you enjoy so yeah I think I think I find motivation not too bad to come across which is good <laughs> just to start to kind of wrap things up you you've spoken about how you do like to get outside and you've mentioned a couple of times that you do stay inside whether to work for you know your various freelance points or the full-time job that you have do you make a point of a specific time to go outside do you just make a point that you are going to go outside at some point yeah, I mean, sort of in my in my day job, that's also very remote. So it's sort of surrounded by fields, which is which is nice. So yeah, every day, even in the rain this week, it's yeah, it's been miserable weather this week. But I've been going out for my, you know, like half an hour break, just going for a walk in the rain, coming back soaking. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I, I mean, I'm drenched, but I feel better for being outside. So um, yeah, so I tend to do that. And then after work, I'll, I'll go and do something, whether it's Maybe go out to the gym, go and see friends, go for a walk or just go for a walk on my own. I think it's important to sort of at the end of the day, have a bit of a break before you sort of go back home and get stuck into whether it's work or, you know, just cleaning, tidying, cooking, all the other things that you have to do. Um, so, yeah, I think it's important to have a little break and keep it regular as much as you can and, yeah, get some fresh air. <laughs> We slightly covered this towards the start of the podcast. Not do you get stressed often, but when you start to get stressed, is it easy to notice that and then tackle it? Or do you kind of slightly prolong it because you're still focused on the task at hand? Hmm, that's interesting. I think, yeah, I think I tend to overwhelm myself a lot with things. Um, and I, yeah, as I was saying, I say yes to pretty much everything and I'm just yeah I'm, like, I'm grateful for any, any work I get so I'm very excited to do it um but yeah I think I can always sense like an underlying stress whether it's just your heart's like racing all the time or whether it's just that you're working long hours and I I do always sense it but I think um 
I think like talking through these options, I've sort of, I've noticed and identified the things that really I connect with as, as like calm and arrest. And yeah, so I sort of, I know the things that make me feel, feel better. So I do tend to go and do one of these things and just sort of switch off for a bit. So yeah, I'm getting better at it now. Sort of try and have a curfew of what time I stop work in the evenings. And, and yeah, I'm sure you find it as well but when you're doing sort of like freelance work, it is hard to kind of separate your, your work life and you don't necessarily do like nine to five and when you're doing this sort of thing it's sort of like open-ended so yeah I'm sort of learning to have those those positive things in place that I can be like right switching off now I'm going to do this and yeah so it's, it's interesting actually for me to like reflect and choose these items because I've sort of identified myself of like oh actually I am aware of, <laughs> of what I need to do and it's been a very useful activity for me choosing these five actually it's been it's been really good <laughs> It, it once again kind of comes to that point of dividing work and you know just escape and all that kind of stuff because when your work is something that you enjoy there is that I, I guess kind of need for a bit more of a divide as in what's the stuff you're doing you know because it's commissioned because it is work and what are you doing just because you do enjoy it even if you know you are enjoying your work mm, yeah absolutely I think yeah you're you're so right there because I, I love what I do it's you know, I feel really lucky to have um, a job that, you know, doing the freelance work that I absolutely love. It's, it's just, I feel really lucky to be in that position. So for me, it's sort of hard to be like, oh, well, you know, I don't want to do this work because that's the end goal. That's always what I've set out to do. And, um, but yeah, it is kind of, it's tricky to be like, I enjoy this, but also at the same time, this is a, this is a job, <laughs> you know, but I do have to have a, an off switch at some point, like everyone does when you go to work, you, you work for a certain number of hours and then you come home and, you relax so yeah I'm start, starting to like plan my week better break it up and be like right this is a this is a free time this is a social time this is just just for you to not do anything <laughs> learn to relax and do one of these five things because <laughs> that's the best thing to do are you someone who's kind of helped by a schedule because I've never been overly helped by a schedule because then I start to worry thinking no I should be doing this right now when I'm just you know finishing something else mm. or I'm you know fine with what I'm doing at the moment in time are you someone who's helped by a rough schedule, even if it's not something definitively written down? Mm, I think um, I don't tend to sort of schedule in when I do my freelance, really. Um, it's more sort of I'll schedule in like my life stuff. So I'll be like this, you know, this time I'm going to do this evening. I'm going to go out and go to this place on this evening. So I sort of schedule my weeks to make sure I have the breaks. And then around that, I'll sort of do my work as and when. I feel, you know, feel like I've got the time, I've got the energy. So I think that's a good way of going about it is like scheduling the, the um, like, you know, the fun bits, <laughs> scheduling your social time, scheduling that stuff. So you know that you've got, you've got breaks and you've got nice things to forward to. And then, and then around that, I can sort of fit in and enjoy my, my work as well, which is, which is nice. So I feel like I've got, I'm getting a good balance, which mm. is good. <laughs> And finally, shall we go over your items one more time? Mm, absolutely. So start with the paint, in particular the gouache paint. Um, yeah, which would be great to have a bit of, you know, splatter it all over the canvas or just sit there and do a very refined painting. Um, then I'd have a cat. Um, yeah, lovely, fluffy, soft cat would be lovely to just, you know, snuggle up to in an evening. Um, then I'd have a bit of the Cornish Sea in a bottle with some sand and some shells um which would be lovely bring me closer to Cornwall um 
from the first Harry Potter book to sort of get me into reading again and feel that nice, familiar, comforting feeling. And then the last one was some trainers to go out and do some running or some walking. What goes through your mind when you read all of that back? Um, I don't know. I think I think I found it hard to like to kind of stick with them, but there were because I did have a few different options for my last two, but then kind of those ones were all that jumped out at me, and I I I do feel like a connection with all of these. I feel like they're they're good things that I that I do, and they're things that I'm more passionate about, and they all sort of relate to a different time in my life and like growing up and things that I was very connected to and that I still feel that connection which is really nice so yeah I feel quite nice reading those back it's quite good (laughs) (laughs) wonderful well Lily thank you so much for joining me it's been wonderful to talk to you oh thank you very much for having me it's been really really great thank you thank you for your time And there we have it, Lily Fawcett's Mental Health Shelf. I've got to say, from the few conversations that I've done for this podcast so far, one of the things that I'm enjoying the most is kind of the not-quite-tangents, going into the reasoning for some of these items being picked and just delving into them that little bit more. Like towards the end there, with the conversation about the running trainers, going into stuff about dealing with stress, recognising when you're stressed, and you know scheduling whether you schedule or not. That kind of stuff is the things that I'm enjoying the most. Uh, but still wonderful to talk to Lily for this podcast I had a very fun time speaking to her and if you want to find more from her you can find her on the likes of Instagram and Twitter I'll link her profiles in the podcast description which will be wherever the podcast description is in your podcast listening destination of choice uh, alongside her website lilyfossett.com where you can view various pieces of work that she's done over the years and also if you want buy some if you like it you can buy some of her artwork there's that option on her website which as i say i'll also link in the podcast description but for now let's bring this to a close before i start rambling too much i'll be back next month with another guest another shelf another set of items but for now thank you very very much for listening i hope you've enjoyed it and goodbye for now